Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you're here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of Sober Gratitudes. I once was an active alcoholic, and after decades of failed attempts to control my drinking, I finally reached out for help. Letting others help me is why I'm here today, living a life I never thought possible. The suffering of my past was the catalyst I needed to find recovery and be receptive to healing. I created this podcast out of the desire to recover out loud and, with the help of my guests, show you how a better life is possible after addiction. Whether you have been here before or you are a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. Together, we can help those in need. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in long-term sobriety. It is an inclusive show that does not represent or promote any specific programs of recovery. When my guests and I share about what keeps us sober, we are referring to exclusively our own unique experiences. Our goal is to provide inspiration for others who are struggling with addiction-related disorders and want to get sober. Yeah. No, it's good to be here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm honored that you asked me to join. Oh my God. I'm honored that you said yes. Like you're like oh, a celebrity. It. No, seriously. Oh my God. Are you drunk or not? Did you relapse? Because calling <laughs> me a celebrity is like, I don't even know. I don't know if I can trust you now. You just lost a lot of credibility. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I seriously. About relapse. I'm sorry. I take that back. This is, this is that's okay. not funny. No, well, you know, cause if it wasn't for Saya, I wouldn't have like put the two together that you, you know, are the creator of uh, Valor Fitness Clothing and then Valor Fitness Clothing for Women, right? Yeah. 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 That's incredible. Yep. Love it. I mean, yeah. and that's what I love. Like, I love to have people on my podcast who are really doing a lot of good shit in recovery. I, I just, I've been blown away with the sober community on social media and all over the world. It's just, I've just so pumped up. You know, I never thought that, you know, I could find something that's genuine and real and people that actually really cared about one another and genuinely supported one another. You know, in our active addiction, we're so skeptical. We don't trust because we know we're full of shit or I was full of shit. Mm -hmm. I always had a hidden agenda. I always had an angle I was working. Nothing about anything I did was genuine. I always was working at an angle. So, you know, one of the toughest things for us in recovery is to trust. It's so nice to be able to, to trust and let your walls down and, and accept you know, nice things. Like I still have a hard time, you know, I, I'm, I'm not good at compliments. I'm not good at accepting presents because in active addiction, I never thought I deserved it because I didn't deserve it. I was a piece of shit. You know, I didn't deserve a present. I didn't deserve you to pay me compliments because I knew what I was inside and that was a horrible person. So, you know, uh, don't change one thing, change everything and your mindset's most important. And it's, 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 it's still a, a struggle for me to accept presents or compliments, but I'm getting better at it. And, you know, we are worthy of those things. We do deserve them. And so, you know, this recovery community, just to realize that they're genuine and, and the camaraderie and the support. And it's just like, the, people don't want anything in return. You're just like, wow, this is free. Like you guys are real. Like, it's just mind blowing. 
when I hear that somebody is doing a podcast or they have a blog out or they wrote a book or they're doing something really cool in sobriety to help other people, like I'm going to like, I'm going to like plug the fuck out of it, you know, because I, you know, you and I know what it's like to be sick and suffering. And that's where a lot of like that kind of like having a hard time accepting compliments comes from, right? Like like that self-loathing. I know I had self-loathing. I didn't think I was worth to be alive on this planet. And then to now live this life where we're, you know, we we're getting our confidence back and we're realizing that, wait a minute, we weren't bad people. We were sick people trying to get better. And now these people are like out there doing such such great awesome stuff for other people and and so we're like it's this huge like i just feel like it's this rumbling of this sober nation this sober movement that's just exploding um at least on instagram because people are tired of like recovering like i know i'm i'm done being like anonymous like i am like we have to recover out loud to save people you know, re the recover out loud thing for me it's something new to hear and you know i heard it for the first time you know i think on social media during the pandemic recover out loud but i i recently said and i, I truly believe this i said when, when people hate and when we were miserable we hated and we were miserable out loud like people would hate when they hate in the world in general whatever it is if it's bigotry if it's uh, racism or sexism, whatever, they usually hate out loud and they make it boisterous, obnoxious and out there. So we should, you know, we're doing these amazing things now. We need to recover out loud. We need to offset that. We need to give, you know, inspiration and motivation in this world. So recovering out loud, like why wouldn't you when so much negative is out loud and thrown in your face? Like let's throw some good stuff. It's like, you know, boom. But it's, um, it's awesome. And so I want to hear, maybe you can just kind of give a little bit of a background about how you like your why, your why in addiction and, and what was it that helped you like to get to a place of like, okay, this is it. You know, I was raised by a single mom. Well, my mom had me when she was really young. She was 15. My dad was never around. And when he was, it was just a fucking disaster. So, um, you know, uh, uh, so many of our lives and our childhoods are, 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 are trauma, like filled with so much trauma, whether it's, you know, verbal, mental, physical, sexual, all of the above. Mine was definitely all of the above, you know, um, childhood molestation was a big part of my story really young. And it came to just absolutely destroy my life until I, you know, dealt with it, uh, when I turned 39 in rehab, um, you know, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a child, you trust when you're young. And I'm talking young, like five to eight, nine years old. You trust adults and you just do what they say and you just think it's the right thing to do. And then you get 13, 14 and realize like, fuck, that wasn't right. That wasn't normal. That was fucked up. But now you're just too embarrassed and ashamed. You think it's your fault. You don't want to admit it to people because you think it only happened to you and you just bottle it up. And then that consciously and subconsciously just destroys you until you, until you, you know, get to the point where you deal with it with professional help. So you know, I've never been married. I've had three long-term relationships. And when I say long-term, I mean of five years. And they were all honestly doomed because, you know, I, I never faced this childhood uh, trauma. I never dealt with it. Um, I started drinking not too young. I didn't drink much in high school and college. I played sports. So, um, you know, I, I would, even though I knew this stuff happened to me and it really affected me uh, consciously and subconsciously, I, you know, had things to preoccupy me and focus on. Like I was really big into sports. And so, um when i did drink i would i couldn't drink fast enough i couldn't drink enough and i would always black out <laughs> that was for damn sure i was that person that got drunk the first they got the drunkest 
and that made a complete ass out of themselves. So, you know, you know, I should have realized from the beginning that, you know, drinking was not my forte, but I allowed it to destroy my life for the next, you know, 25 years. So, um, you know, when, uh, when, when college sports stopped for me in the early 20, in my early twenties is when, uh, then, you know, I had so much time on my hands, you know, so much more time. I was done with school. I wasn't done with school. I never completed. I just stopped going to school when sports stopped. And uh, my first long relationship uh, ended. So I was now alone with my thoughts. And that was just the wrong place for me to be. So my early 20s and 30s were just a disaster. I never dealt with shit. I just drank, 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 drank. That was my coping mechanism. We all are familiar with that. There was two gyms. There was a gym that I wanted you to think I was. And I had this image that I tried to foresee or you know, I tried to you know, have people see. And then there was the gym inside, which was an absolute train wreck. So. Um, you know, my insecurities led to narcissism. I, you know, I would act like I was the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, I was just such an asshole. I treated people like crap. I said the worst things to people. I would, I would wake up hungover and just like, Jim, how do you even talk to somebody like that? Like, who the hell are you to treat people like that? Like, who do you think you are? Like, you know, we, we all know. So, um, you know, that was, that was, you know, 20s and 30s, you know, and addiction it, uh, eventually took me to losing my cars, losing my house. My last long-term relationship was done. I lost my house. Um, I moved back to Los Angeles. You know, I moved three times, um, three big moves in my serious active addiction. And each time, you know, you think you can, uh, we often make a move thinking that if we just get a fresh scene, you know, a, you know, a clean slate, new friends that, you know, we'll be all good and we can, you know, our, our past will be our past behind us. But, you know, we all know that's not how it is. It's an inside job. You got to fix that shit inside. And, and until you do that, you're just, you're doomed. And I was, I was, I was just doomed. You know, I thought I could run away and get a clean slate, fresh start, but no, no, it was just, it was worse. So um, I moved to, uh, my last big move was here to Los Angeles, which is where I live now. In 2013, uh, and that was probably one of the worst decisions I ever made. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> no, I love LA, but at the time, you know, I I, uh, I have twins, a, a boy and a girl. They're 13 now, and I have twins because I donated semen for two really good friends who are lesbians uh, to have children. So my my situation is very That's unique. Awesome! That's awesome! I love that! I love it. <laughs> you know, for me, I, I laugh because it was a perfect world for me. It's like I technically have kids that. You know, hopefully when I get older, well, this is me and my active addiction. I was like, hopefully when I get older, they'll, they'll take care of me. But I had zero rights or responsibilities. You know, the, 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 my friends, the lesbians, had their lawyers draw up all the paperwork. So I had zero rights, zero responsibilities. I was kind of the cool uncle. But they called me dad, and they always knew me as dad. But, um, you know, one of the moms passed away of cancer, her second form of uh -huh. cancer. And this was 2014. So I moved back to L.A. I said I was moving back to L.A. to, to help them and be closer to them. Because I lived in San Diego at the time. But, you know, in reality, I was just run away from problems. I had lost my house um, and I was no help to anybody. Like, who the hell am I going to help? I'm freaking pretty much homeless and I'm just a wreck. So I was, you know, in reality, just running away from uh, from problems again. So came to L.A., got introduced to cocaine for the first time, started bartending. It was just a disaster. Got That's where I, you know, got homeless. I was living out of my SUV for months until my SUV got repossessed because I wasn't paying for that. Then I was completely homeless. I lost jobs. I was on the streets of now Venice and Santa Monica, sleeping in carports, under lifeguard, all that stuff, just running in and out of jail, 5150. You know, if you don't know what that is, it means you're, you're, you're mentally unstable and they take you in for psych evaluations and it's a minimum 72 hours in this establishment. that are just absolute disasters. Um, so that happened to me three times. You know, my life was just a mess. Anyways, 
you know, that's my qualifying. <laughs> so what, what, you know, thank you for sharing that. That that's a lot and a lot in a short amount of time. And I, I'm curious to know, like, what was it that ended up like, I know, cause I, I, I from your other, uh, from some episodes that I listened to that you had a couple of relapses that you, we don't have to get into. Cause what I'm really interested in knowing is like, what, what was it that was different about your last relapse and your last, like your most recent day one in recovery? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, when I, when I, I got, um, I originally got sober and, and started this, this, uh, this got a taste of this new life, uh, in 2016 and I got to 11 months and, uh, you know, I honestly got at that time. I thought that was, I, I was done drinking. I thought I was done. I had found this life. I loved myself for the first time ever. You know, I had, um, you know, put in work counseling, mental health therapy, you know, cried the ugliest cries ever when I was finally able to face all this stuff, all these things that happened to me as a kid. And I honestly thought I was done, but you know, I wasn't, um, um, unfortunately. And so then I went into, uh, you know, probably two years of relapses. I would get to six months. I would relapse. I get to three months. I'd relapse. But in those times, I was never working a program. I was never doing anything. I was a dry drunk, and being a dry drunk is a real thing. You know, if you're not connected, I wasn't connected. I was had some time under my belt. I would get up to six months, but then I would just relapse because I wasn't doing anything uh, to set myself up for success. But the last relapse, man, was it was a bad one again. I, I was in hospitals for for days. Um, I lost jobs. I was getting evicted out of my apartment. You know, I had the eviction notices on the door. Um, I was isolating. I was drinking in my in my room just for weeks and end. I would only leave to go to CVS to get bottles, and and uh, <clears throat> I was getting I was getting evicted. And uh, I had a roommate at the time. He was paying me rent, and I was just taking his money and, and spending it on alcohol. And what saved me out of that one, honestly, it was I knew that my story wasn't done. The first time I got sober and got to that eleven months, I had loved myself, and so. I remembered that feeling and I wanted that feeling again because when I had loved myself, I had never loved myself in my life until I did sober and it was the greatest feeling I ever did. So, you know, the remembering that feeling and how my life was in those times, I knew that was still possible. I didn't have it then. I was relapsing and I was doing all the wrong things, but I knew I wanted that again. So, you know, when you relapse, you you lose your, your sobriety day, but you don't you remember and you still have you know the tools and then you know what it was like and so the tools that i had formed in those 11 months you know i was able to <clears throat> you know muster those back up and, and pull myself out and so but you know when you relapse and you and you, when you've gotten sober <clears throat> and you've gone through the detox you know i was i suffered from severe delirium tremens you know i was seizures i was up to machines for eight days just to keep me alive uh, because i was you know i had people you know walking on me in my apartment and I was on my floor seizing and they, you know, called 911 and, and took me to the hospital to save my life. So when you do that and originally, and when I did it, those seven days, those first seven days are just absolute physical torture on your body. Like, you know, I was so severely dehydrated. I feel like the muscle in my what muscle I had left was just ripping from the bone. Like, you know, like you couldn't hold water down. You would just throw up. I couldn't even drink alcohol anymore I would throw everything up you're throwing up vile blood and so in a relapse like going to the point where I know I, I want to get I want to stop drinking but you know what you're about to put your body through for about 30 days you know the first 7 to 14 days are going to be absolute hell like just absolute physical mental hell because you know what you're about to do and then really for me it's like 30 to 60 days my body it takes my body you know, I've gone through this multiple times and unfortunately through relapses, but so 
the last one it's tough because you mentally you know what you're about to put yourself through so to to muster up the the, the strength and courage to do that is, is a pretty amazing thing and i did it for the last time on february 19th 2019 so um but what got me out of it was i just i knew i knew i was capable of much more i was disappointed in myself i had had a taste of recovery and loving myself for the first time in my life and i knew how good life could be and honestly, like my clothing line, like I had started Valor Fitness Clothing, the paperwork process, and it started it. And it, it's, a, it's a clothing line, you know, dedicated to inspiring and aiding, you know, people overcoming any kind of addiction, you know, whether it be eating, mainly focused on drug and alcohol, because that's my story. But, you know, I, I, I had started that. And I just, you know, in active addiction, we often, when the times get tough, you know, we just quit. You know, I always just quit anything if it, things got difficult. I would just run, quit, F this, I'm out, no way, boom, 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 never put in the work. But for me, you know, I had changed so much. And, and one thing that I had changed was that mindset. And even though I was relapsing, you know, I knew this for me was something I didn't want to quit on and I couldn't quit on. I'd already started something good that was, you know, developing a little bit of a following. And uh, I, I knew I wasn't done. And I, my story wasn't done. So, I pulled myself out. Thank God. Thanks to God and recovery. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And you do a 12 step program. I do a 12 step program. Yes. Yeah. I, okay. uh, I know lots of people don't that, that that's mine. I know I heard yeah. you say you do. I, I've listened to multiple of your episodes. So, Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and I, you know, I, everyone knows that I don't promote any recovery programs. I just promote recovery and sobriety, you know, like that. And wow. I just have to say wow to what you shared. Um, and to see you now almost up on two years clean and sober, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's like a month away or less than a like couple weeks away, right? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That you must know, feel great. Is that, the, is that like the longest amount of time you've had sober? Oh yeah, yeah, by far. I had, I had got up to 11 months um, the first time. And honestly, like it was, it was weird. I relapsed because of... Um, of a woman, <laughs> you know, you don't dig within the first year. So right. <laughs> no, I relapsed because I was, I wasn't done. I had mentally, they say you mentally relapse way before you physically relapse. And it was true. You know, I, I had started, you know, second guessing and, and in my head, allowing those thoughts to sneak in. And then I started dating. And so I say it because of a woman, but you, I had relapsed weeks before I'd actually put the, the bottle in my mouth. So, so how are you feeling today? I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams. You know, it's like, I just, I, I never thought, <clears throat> you know, I never th thought a life like this was possible. And when I say that, I don't, you know, just mean after getting sober. I don't mean after I got sober, I never thought life could be this good sober. I mean, when I thought when I was in my twenties and I didn't think I had an alcohol problem or a drinking problem. And I, you know, dreamt of, of the big house and the wife and the, and the 2.6 kids and the cars and the vacations, you know, when I was young and I had dreamt that, Hey, life, this is what I think life could be. I didn't dream that life could be even then when I thought I was normally what it is for me right now, because back then I, I knew I didn't love myself and I knew I, I hated myself and I knew I had demons. So the genuine love I have for myself inside, you know, replaces anything materialistic that I thought I, I would have ever made me happy and how life could ever been because you know, back then, if I would have got those things, I still wouldn't have been happy. So right now I love myself for the first time in my life. And it's just, it's such a rewarding feeling and, you know, recovery, just the things it gives you. When I was in early recovery, you know, people ask you, like, how do you feel? Oh, I feel good. Isn't recovery great? Yeah, recovery is great. But in early recovery, I think I was just bullshitting that because I think that's what people wanted to hear and what I was supposed to say. 
You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really, maybe I, I was excited and I felt a little better, but I'm just like, fuck, like really? Like I had much better times like drinking and I like, you know, you always remember the good. And now I'm at the point where I don't remember the good because I just know what that led to. And I genuinely, genuinely mean like life is better than I ever thought it was possible. You know, when, when, when I was at month one and month two, I said it, but I didn't really mean it. I said it to, to say the right thing. And so that's what I thought what I should say and people wanted to hear, but I didn't necessarily 100% meant it. I knew that life was getting better and it was getting better every day. But now I just, just like, man, life is just amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm just so, so thrilled for you. And, you know, right now, a lot of people are struggling. You know, a lot of people um, who are struggling to stay stopped, like who want to get sober and they keep relapsing. I know there's people listening to my podcast who are struggling. Um, I know that there's some who have, you know, long-term sobriety and some who are sober curious. So, you know, when you say that, you know, you know, cause it took me a long time to get sober too, to feel I was worth sobriety. Um, but then like after there's like that point, right. When you, you get dry and that the obsession to drink is lifted, but then like, that's not the end. Like even now today, like where I'm at, you know, with, with a couple of, you know, some years under my belt, I know I still, and I'm excited about it. Like I'm going to be continuing to evolve and, as a human, as a good human doing good things. Um, how, like, I just want to speak to the people who are really struggling right now for them to hear from you. Like, like just how, like when you talk about how you feel so much better now, like, can you say more about that? Like, what was it that helped you? I guess, what was it that helped you to feel like you were worthy of self-love. You know, what got me, it, it was a process, you know, nothing happens overnight. And, right. Um, right. and you know, finally having the courage, you know, when I finally had the courage to admit what happened to me as a child and going through therapy, I was so proud of myself because I knew, I, I had known for 25 years that I needed to talk about this, is this, this was affecting me and I didn't do anything about it. So when I finally had the courage to talk about it, like this weight of the world went off my shoulders. And that's when the process of me loving myself first started to begin. And then, you know, just the humility that, that I, you know, so I, I often say, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know why I surrendered to recover rooms of recovery. I don't know why I was humble for the first time in my life. I don't know what it was. It was a God shot, you know, flip of a switch in me. And, you know, I don't care. I don't care what it was. Um, that happened originally. I relapsed 25 times after that, but you know, <laughs> I still had that in me. This, this disease is real. It wants to kill you all the time. And so, you know, I slipped up, but Something in me, I was just, I, I saw that people had what I had, had what I wanted. I decided it was, it was God. It was just God. You know, you, you surrender to a power to get yourself, you know, you're, you, you, you renew your faith in a higher power. And when you truly surrender, like when you say it, when I wake up in the morning, I say, God, please let your will be done in my life today. Like when I say that, and if I actually mean it, when I go to bed at night, I could have had a crap day. But if I actually meant it in the morning when I said it, I'm at peace with myself because you know what, that's his will. As long as I did my part, you know, and you know, you have to, you have to put in the work. Honestly, you do. You got to put in the work. You got to do things. And, and you, you touched base on right earlier. You touched base that, uh, you know, relapse is real. And right now people are struggling. I had uh, about three months, four months ago, I let a buddy that went to the rehab that I went to um, 
move in with me. I have a spare bedroom right here. And uh, I let him move in with me because he had gotten out and he was putting himself back in his old environments, which were not good for, you know, you never want to put yourself back in your old environment when you're trying to, to stay sober. So he was living with me for four months and uh, about a week and a half ago, he tried to commit suicide. He OD'd on meth right here, right here. And, uh, you know, relapses is 2020 is no joke. These times are no joke. The pandemic's putting stress on people and it's like, um, you try to commit, you try to OD on, on crystal meth. And, uh, mm -hmm. I was, you know, that happened right here and it was my roommate and I was just like shell shocked and now that I, that I didn't see it, that I didn't see that it was happening. He was, he was a very private person. So, you know, we had different schedules, so I, I didn't see him often, but, you know, um, you know, he's in rehab right now. He lived, thank God. And uh, he's in rehab right now. But like you said, man, it's no joke right now. And it, it, it's just, it's, 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 the times are ridiculous. You know, if you're getting sober for the first time right now, like this is all, you know, you don't know going to meetings in person and stuff like that. So, you know, these are your tools and this is your reality. So, you know, just grasp on to what you do know. If you got sober before when you did have meetings and all the tools you knew then aren't there, you know, you got to pivot. Life's never going to, you know, life's always, life's about, you know, how are you going to react to things? They always say, what, 10%, what happens to you, 90% how you deal with it, or 90, whatever it is, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's true, you know, and for me, it's a, it was about, you know, stop the victim mentality, you know, blaming everything on everybody else. It's tough, but, you know, we're, we're tough also. Like, we, you know, you're, you're, you're tough as nails. You know, I'm tough as nails. Like, you just, when your why outweighs your excuses, the miracle can happen. And then when you get a taste of what this life can be, and if you have blind faith for the first time, like you blind faith and you really surrender and you believe in something, then, you know, you, 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 you the possibilities are endless and you stick to it. Yeah. Powerful shit. That's awesome. Jim, I want you to talk about now what you're doing in recovery, which is a lot of awesome stuff. Um, and that's, that's the fun part for me to really, to, to show the listeners that a better life is, absolutely possible on the other side of addiction. And you are a true example of that. So, so you started a clothing line and, and it seems to be like booming all over the place. So let's talk about that. And, and I want to hear what you do, because I know what you do, but I want my listeners to hear what you actually do. <laughs> booming all over the place. I love that. You, you, you are <laughs> definitely, I need to keep you around. You're an ego boost. Um, you know, <laughs> my clothing line's called <laughs> my clothing is called Valor Fitness Clothing, and that's the IG handle, Valor Fitness Clothing, and I have a women's page also. But, um, um, you know, I've always been into physical fitness, and in my rehab, I went to a rehab with, uh, my rehab was a little different. It was a transitional rehab because I was homeless. And so the government was, government has funded transitional rehab facilities that tried to transition people back into being, you know, productive members of society. And the one I went to was 53 guys, 90% of them were straight out of prison. If you're in prison for a long time and you have like a year, two years left, you know, you go before the judge and the judge will be like, all right, you know, you can go do the six month program over here or you can do the rest of your two years in prison. Of course, they're picking, you know, the six month program and they take people off the street. So um, this is where I got sober. There wasn't much recovery going on. It was just like being in LA County Jail because that's all the people that are in there. But it had the resources if you wanted it. But in there, I started working out in the basement gym every chance I could. If I wasn't going to a group, if I wasn't journaling, if I wasn't um, doing therapy or counseling, if I wasn't, you know, whatever, doing what I needed to do that I was told to do, I was downstairs working out. 
And in loving myself and putting in the work, mind, body, soul, you know, I was getting my self-worth and my self-esteem and my dignity back for the first time ever. You know, I, I felt like I really deserved this, my, my spot on the, in this world, that I deserved the air that I breathed, that I was breathing for the first time in my life. And it was because this program and physical fitness had a lot to do with it. So, you know, I decided then that I wanted to start a fitness clothing line and, and really use physical fitness as, a, as an aid to, you know, helping and inspiring people to get their life back after addiction. So... Um, with that, uh, I started Valor Fitness Clothing. Um, I donate one item to homeless shelters or down into Skid Row or to transitional rehab facilities for every item uh, sold. In reality, I've, I've sold, I think, 2,200 items and I've donated over 7,000. So, you know, wow. I really go above and beyond, you know. Um, I'm in Skid Row once a month down in Los Angeles and Skid Row in Los Angeles is no joke. It's, it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible uh, and not in a good way. But I'm um, down there once a month feeding the homeless people, fasting out food, you know, interacting with them, giving them clothes. I'm at shelters. My old train, my old rehab facility, I go back to once a month and I go back and I, and I spend four or five hours with the guys there. And I, and I talk to them like, hey, I was sitting in these seats you're sitting in right now. You know, it's not easy, but it's possible and you're worth it. Everything you've ever dreamed of in your life, you are worth it, you know, and, and you deserve it. So, you know, I bring clothes there and I just, I, you know, it's just it's camaraderie, it's community. Um, so I do that with it, you know, I'm starting a program an outreach program with, to, to have youth come with me and go feed the homeless people in Skid Row. And I'm going to have, you know, young kids that are, you know, 10, like 13, 14 in junior high, where, you know, where it's usually the age where alcohol is introduced to them coming in with me to, to feed the homeless. And then afterwards we're going to go talk and we're going to be like, all right, so tell me a little bit about what you just saw. And I'm going to have them explain, you know, what they just saw, how they feel about it. And then I'm going to let them know a little bit about my story and that, you know, you know, things unfortunately happened to me as a little kid and I didn't realize it until I was about the age you're at. And then I didn't know how to deal with it. So I pushed it down. That led me to, you know, addiction, which led me to these streets right here. So, you know, if something like that happened to you, it's really important to address it and work through it, not to be ashamed because it's not your fault, but, you know, let them know the importance of, you know, mental health and that, you know, something may have happened to them or not, you know, but, you know, addiction, you know, is a horrible thing and we want to nip it in the bud. You know, I deal a lot with um, with people in active addiction and, and homeless and people in recovery, and I feel like that's a reactive thing. It's a very reactive response. But how are we proactive and how do we stop it from happening? You know, I love helping people that are in need and being of service to others, but I would so much more prevent a child from having to live the life that we had and had to go through the things we did. So, you know, how do, how do we prevent that? So, you know, I'm doing that. I'm starting a couple of different, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on a franchise opportunity for my business. I'm working on a nonprofit to help, you know, people that are, uh, you know, coming out of whether it's treatment centers or sober livings, you know, <clears throat> getting them connected and, and it's going to be Valor Active. So we're going to set up um, active community, active events, like a CrossFit or go for a jog. And I'm going to really focus on, on people that are, you know, a month out of, getting out of a treatment center so they can have a community and feel like they're part of something. So when they do go out, they don't have to go back to their old neighborhoods. You know, they don't have to go back to their old friends and where you're so much likely just to fall back into your old habits. You know, now you have a niche, you're already established in this community. You know where you can go. You know, my story is, 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 is a lot like a lot of years, but my story is a lot different. I'm from the streets. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been in and out of jail my whole life. My, my rehab was much different. I didn't, you know, I, I, you know, I was, I was homeless. You know, I'd love, you don't become homeless because your family and friends love you and they want to help you. You become homeless or because you're good at managing money. You become homeless because you've lost every skill known to be a productive member of society and your family, no fault of their own, has turned their back on you. And I earned every 
every time a family member or a friend turned their back on me and said no and then they had to i earn that and i take i own it 1000 percent. so you know it's a process on getting things back but you have to set yourself up for success so having a spot for people that are trying to do the right things you know they're coming out of rehab they're coming out of uh, sober living they are trying to do the right things but giving them a resource to be able to expand on that so you know we're doing i'm doing a lot of things with valor to try to you know uh give a community and make people feel like they're part of a community and use fitness uh as as a way to continue them loving themselves again you know getting their self-worth back oh my god i like i am like more inspired by you than i anticipated like you are going above and beyond in terms of giving back and I mean, we need more people like you. Thank you for doing that. I mean, that you're, you're working with children, trying to get behind the eight ball with the whys and, you know, not going back to, you know, I mean, it's, you're just, you're amazing. You really are amazing. I can't wait to see what's, I mean, this is only two years sober. So I'm really excited to see what, what's to come for you. Um, and it looks like there's a lot of great things, including this, you know, what you just said, and then you're starting this podcast, which is just a wonderful, wonderful recovery tool for people, especially now who, you know, are quarantined and, or, you know, they can't, they just decide that, you, you know, things suck right now. We can't go out and do things. We can't go out and be with people like we used to. Um, so the podcasts are great. Like even podcasts, my podcasts are so awesome when we're working out, you know, yeah. like you listen to it. Um, I'm going for walks. That's what I do. Um, so share a little bit more about, like what you're, what you plan on doing with your um, podcast? My podcast isn't going to be as much about like having people tell their stories. It's going to be more, uh, it's going to be like, like, like this, it's interactive, you know, it's not going to, you know, I'm going to do a, um, I call raw real and a lot of recovery because I'm not just going to have people in recovery because you know, I am, uh, uh, I'm a man, I'm a Christian man. I'm a man of recovery, but I don't like to identify that, that be my only identification. That's not all I am. You know, I'm a Hispanic male in Los Angeles. I'm a, a father to twins. I'm a, I'm a brother. I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm so much more. I don't ever want to be defined by one thing. You know, I don't ever want to be a one trick pony. So I'm not just going to have people in recovery, although that is the biggest and most important. First of all, if it wasn't for God in recovery, I would not be here today. And I always say that right off the bat. If it wasn't for God, who is my higher power and these rooms of recovery, I would be six feet underground right now. And so I know that. So that's a huge part of it. But, you know, I'm going to have a, a fireball session where I'm just going to have some fun, just real quick questions and fire them off to them real quick and have them answer. And it's, you know, be raw. Maybe, maybe the answer might be a little <laughs> embarrassing to them. It might be a little fun. <laughs> You know, it's, it's going to be stuff that, you know, I know, I know a little bit about people. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a little edgy. You know, there's going to be cussing and, you know, I, I, I brought up some, some risque stuff with my, with my last guest. Actually, it wasn't on my podcast because I didn't, I didn't record it correctly. This so was on my IG live, but we, it was, you know, it was, it was it ruffled some feathers to maybe like people listen to it. And like, Oop, you know, Joe Rogan <laughs> has the number one podcast in the world because he, you know, he, he's raw and he's out there. So you know, I wanted to, you know, involve recovery, but involve fun. You know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm personally playing on borrowed time. So I, I, I love my life. I enjoy it. I like to joke and have fun. And I, I joke around if I'm in a zoom AA meeting, man, I'm, you know, it, it's about being serious and getting to the work and getting to the talk, the talk and hitting the topics and, and really diving into key points that help people. But it's also, man, we're, we're blessed to be here. Like we're life is good. Like when I do my photo shoots for my clothing line, 
I want people smiling because in recovery, like you're blessed to be alive. Like, don't be so serious all the time, you know, like freedom, like you just have a good time. So, you know, my, my podcast is going to be lighthearted with some serious talk, but, uh, there's, there's some like, did you just say that moments? <laughs> <For sure. laughs> That's awesome. That sounds great. I can't wait to hear more episodes. I'm so excited for you. And I'm really, I'm so grateful that I got to have you on my podcast and you shared a lot of, of who you are with us. And it's very clear that you worked your tail off to get to where you are now. And would you say it was worth it? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I can honestly say in recovery, like life now is better than I ever imagined humanly possible. And I 1000% mean it. And it's just, yeah. You know, people often say, I wish I would have found it earlier. Like, that's not my story. You know, I, I can't go back and change things. You know, all I can do is control right now. And right now I have the biggest permanent smile on my face. I'm sitting here, I'm looking at you. I'm in a podcast. I'm in, you know, Silver Gratitude's podcast. I got my Silver Grateful mug right here that I don't drink <laughs> coffee out of because I'm now I think I'm 19 days, no coffee, but you know, just to be able to do these things and 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 this would have terrified me in, in active addiction or even early recovery you know sitting here talking to you sober are you fucking kidding me i have to know i would have had to have a couple shots and at least a triple vodka soda before i even open this computer up and now i can do this and i can be honest and i can be raw and i can be vulnerable vulnerability is probably one of the, the biggest things in, in recovery and and it's, yeah i'm blessed Aww. Well, I'm really excited for you. And I'm so glad that I know you now and that we've connected. And um, is there anything else that you want to share? Like, I know you spoke about like working with kids, which is awesome. You know, uh, anything you want to say to, to anybody who's struggling, who's really just, you know, they can't stop. Like, what would you say is like the key to, to getting to a place where you're, you can be stopped you know we were all there where we wanted to stop but we couldn't i was there and i i, I it took me a long time i wanted it but i couldn't do it you know, as much mm -hmm. as i said i wanted it and my time wasn't there um and 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 you know knowing that there's a problem is a huge thing but uh you know grounded action when you're why becomes more powerful than your excuses and you know we don't always know when that's going to happen but when it does like you have to make it a point where your why to, to keep living is, is more important than your excuses to keep using. And grounded action gets shit done. Motivation's cute. I always tell people motivation's awesome. Motivation's cute. Motivation's a feeling and it goes away in 15 seconds. It goes as fast as it comes. So grounded action and, and being the person you've always wanted to be is powerful. Everything you've ever dreamt of, I'd say this, everything you've ever wanted, when you're high and you're drunk and you're sad and you're crying and you're sitting there by yourself, miserable, wondering why you don't have what X person has or Y person has, you are worthy of all that stuff. You deserve all that stuff. It's there for you. You need to get it because it's there for you. And, and your happiness that you've always wanted, you know, you deserve, you do deserve that. You are worthy of it. You're amazing. You're a miracle. You know, life is incredible and it's just, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be so fucking worth it. And you're going to, you're going to look back and you're for 20 seconds, you're going to be like, ah, oh, I wish I would have done that earlier. But you know, that wasn't your story, but your story can start right now. Your story can start right this second, the rest of your life. You can be on a podcast with Sarah in a month and a half, two months, telling your war story, your success story. You can be sitting here bumping elbows with me. We'll be 
drinking out of coffee mugs together. Yours will be full, mine will be empty because hopefully I'm still not drinking coffee in two months because I want that out of my life. But you're worth everything you've ever dreamt of and you've ever wanted. You are worthy of it. You deserve it. And God, I hope you finally that switch hits for you. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, well, what are your plans for the weekend? It's Friday. Woohoo! I'm so pumped. <laughs> I'm a small business owner. There's no such thing as a weekend. So Okay. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like well, hybrid learning and driving when the bus should be driving the kids. Like, you know, so Fridays, I'm like, oh, I'm so psyched. <laughs> well, I live in Los Angeles and where you've had 20 degree weather, I've had 80 degree weather and sunshine. sunshine. Oh. So it's not like that today, but you know, my, my, my days are, are uh, my weekend's going to be uh, a balance. You know, life's about balance now. So yeah. working out. You know, praying. Uh, I go to a Zoom meeting every night at five o'clock. Uh, camaraderie, and so uh, you know, having having something to do and and and, and uh, uh, fulfilling your commitments is something that is what I'll be doing, and that's it's a joy because I'm sober. You know, in recovery, we would cancel last second, flake on things, and not show up, and so just being there is 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 such a blessing. So. Yeah. I'll be there all weekend. <laughs> and, and yeah, and all you're talking about right now is connection. And connection is the opposite of addiction. We really, exactly. we can't, we're not meant to do this alone. We have to connect with people and build a community, a safe, sober community for ourselves and be vulnerable, like you were saying before. So, so important. The addict's still suffering. They heard connection is the opposite of addiction. They probably hate the cliches because I hated the cliches. You hated the cliches. Everybody in early recovery hated the freaking cliches. One day at a time, it'll work if you work it. You can take those and shove them right up where the sun don't shine is what I used to always say. I still not a huge fan of some of them, but they freaking work and now I love them. So all the things you hate and you want to throw at people when they say it to you, it's going to get better. <laughs> Just stick, stick around long enough to like, really believe it yeah, yeah exactly oh <laughs> uh, you're the best okay so where let's let's plug uh where we can find you jim and your business my instagram handle is uh my personal instagram handle is at jher so j-h-e-r 76 and my my website for my business is valorfitnessclothing.com um, uh, my ig handle is at valorfitnessclothing and then at valorfitnessclothingwomen and yeah, and it's, it's a blessing to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, great. Well, we'll put this on the show notes too. So everyone knows where to find you and get your clothes. Well, thank you, have you so the, much. I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, well, thank you. You're the best. And I hope you have a great weekend. And, and I can't wait to see you around Instagram. Same to you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it. Mm-hmm.